This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. Joining us today at the round table of dim lighting are us's. Ourselves. That's right. Just the two of us. Yeah, this is a very, you. very special Ear Biscuits. This is, I uh, don't know if we gave you much warning, but this is the season two Ear Biscuits finale. Grand finale. Uh, we, th- I'm excited about this conversation. Don't know how long it's gonna go. I think a lot of things are gonna surface here oh. uh, amongst us and for you. Uh, there's a, so there's a there's an interesting take on this thing. But yeah, we before we get into it, I'll say, yeah, we're, we're taking a break from Ear Biscuits um, in order to focus on some other creative endeavors. And trust me, it's gonna be worth it. Oh yes. Uh, we uh, we have every intention to develop more entertaining things for not only your ears but your eyes and your eyes and your ears together and your souls. So uh, you know, with Good Mythical Morning continue to to roll on, we needed to create a buffer, creative buffer to um, focus on perhaps some narrative content. What? For you guys. No, you didn't so, say that, Link. Uh, so th- so enjoy this um, grand finale of season two of Ear Biscuits. Hang in with us now. Th- this the concept for this. Ear biscuit was not not only not our idea, but it but it was a surprise was to a us surprise. that it was happening. Yeah. I guess this was Stevie's this, brainchild. Uh, as far as I can tell, this was Stevie's idea to have previous guests of Ear Biscuits come on and grill us with some questions because we've been asking a lot of questions to a lot of people mm-hmm. over the past two seasons of Ear Biscuits. So you heard it right here. This is going to be all questions from. Previous Ear Biscuits guests for us. And I have uh, the audio recordings of their questions. So it's as, it's as if they're, they walk into the room, sit down at the round table of dim lighting, ask their question, and then politely excuse themselves while we, while we answer the question. And um, right. they, just to clarify, we do not have all of these people here silently waiting to ask the question. That would be weird. It's very difficult to get that many people into the same place at the same time. I mean, sometimes they do it for like those weird like promos, you know, like for the WB, and they'll like sh- back in like 1993, they'd like have like Steve Harvey and some <laughs> other people all together in one place, like in the commercial break. That's not the kind of thing that's happening tonight. Uh, it's going to be recordings. Yeah, and I've I've got them here on my computer, so I'll just play them, and we can listen to them, and then we can answer the question. Are you ready to get so it's, started? It's like we're we're being grilled here, and um, you know, it, basically everyone who submitted an audio question, uh, we're we're going to answer. You know, it's we're going to give them a turn. Um, but yeah, I guess we should get started here. So l- let's let's start with why wait. I hope you can hear me okay. I'm in a strip mall in Des Moines, Iowa. This is Nice Peter, and I'd like to know, honestly, how much time each of you spend on your beautiful hair <laughs> on an average day. Okay. Okay, bye. Okay, that's... Uh, nice Peter. That's it, a good one to get started. Yeah, Epic Rap Battles of History on, on tour. In, in Des, Des Moines, Moines, Iowa, I guess. Um, so this is the question he wanted, he wanted to ask us. How much, how much time do you spend on your beautiful hair on an average day, right? Well... Uh, I will start by saying that we did do a whole sponsored series about how I could style my hair in seconds. That's true. Um, that is not actually uh, how I do it. I mean, I don't do it in seconds. 
but I do believe it takes minutes that it it is definitely minutes. Uh, I I'm gonna give my honest assessment is I get out of the shower, so I start with the wet hair. I put some product in. I blow dry while the product is in, and then I reapply. <laughs> More product, you, so you, so it'll be kind of dry. You blow dry your hair. I have to with, because if I don't, it it, will, I, it I'll look like my hair is wet, given the product that I put in my hair. I don't recall ever like in all the years we've shared a hotel room, like no, you get yeah, up yeah, like yeah. the blow, the your hair. blowing the blow drying of my hair is a last twenty four to thirty six months. Phenomenon, and you can see a definitive difference in the way my hair looked like when we were shooting Commercial Kings. Like, it was actually we were watching an old clip today. Like, it was kind of like wet looking all the time. Yeah, uh, th- my hair isn't wet looking anymore because of that. But the total time, honestly, but th- you have to check a, a bit of pride at the door when you pull out a blow dryer. Oh yeah, in, I'm fa- just in fact, uh, my wife and I uh, just moved into a new place, and we have a bathroom that actually has drawers. This is in two sinks. The first time we've ever had two sinks. Congratulations, and, and you've is, arrived. There is a drawer in between the two sinks that's sort of equidistant from each sink. And I put the hair dryer in there because I was like, baby, we both use it equally. Oh, you don't have a, a ret dryer and a Jesse dryer? I'm thinking about getting one because her, hers is purple with a- Hers, uh, you mean ours. Our p- hair dryer is purple. <laughs> I need like a black hair dryer yeah, with like do. silver trim. Anyway, it, it the needs total... to be super heat. It like it needs to hurt you when it blow dries your hair, so you like feel manly. Uh, well, you know, I've, I I it needs I, to sear your forehead. Well, I check my pride at the door about my hair. You you, you all know that I That's true. I don't enjoy having this hair. It's it, I'm kind of a victim of my hair at this point. But total time seven minutes. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Okay, I for me it's ninety seconds, but. I'm thinking maybe I should blow dry because my hair looks wet all the time, and I there's just no way it takes ninety. Is my, I mean, I, I've seen you get on your forehead and the hair that's on the forehead. I've seen you wiggle that hair around for ninety seconds. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way that the whole process right, takes ninety it. seconds. I'll time it after this. Uh, nice, Peter. I'm Thanks a, for me. I am a up. great estimator of time. I say seven minutes a day. Gosh. All right. So I'll, I'm no more than two and a half minutes. Okay. It's, it's wet. I dry it with a towel. I spray this spray on it, and then I fix it with my hands. Okay. And that's it. And I think silently to myself about how I'm glad I'm not using a blow dryer and how awesome that makes well, me. Well, maybe you should. How, so you just dry your towel dryer here? That's what you do? Towel dry, yeah. yeah. Towel dry. Well, I do that, but then I blow dry. Um, let's let's take another question. Now, I, guys, these they get, they get deeper. We get into <laughs> some good stuff. But I just thought that was a fun one to start with. Here is a second one. Hey, Retin Link, this is Colleen Ballinger, and I have a question for you. I was wondering what your most embarrassing moment is. I need to know. We've talked about our embarrassing moments. Well, that's the difficult thing with having been on the internet for so long and told so many personal stories that we've answered this question on Good Mythical Morning in an episode each called Link's Most Embarrassing Moment, that was yours, and then mine is called Rhett's Most Embarrassing Moment. Well, it was actually Good Morning Chia Lincoln. Yeah, Good Morning Chia Lincoln, pre-GMM. It's funny because I watched it back to make sure I I told the story that I, I still think is my most embarrassing moment, and I haven't topped it since telling that story. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'll recap the same one. Do you do you have a newer embarrassing moment story, or are you going no. Well, okay, well, just recap. I mean, well, everyone hasn't is, seen my, that. Mine so. is also not as embarrassing as yours, so let me start with mine. Okay, yeah. 
I mean, mine, which I will tell the truncated version of uh, right now, is when we were on vacation, uh, not vacation, we were traveling, and uh, our families were in Kentucky together, and we uh, had our kids at the time, I think we had two total kids between the two families, so we were all in one van that we were renting. We took a break, went into a gas station, I went to the bathroom, then I came back out and started to get into the van. You were driving the van at the time, and you had locked the door, so I began to pull on the door and thinking that you're playing a prank on me and won't let me get in the door or didn't realize that I was trying to get in the door, I said, open the door. Uh-huh. Can't really see into the car because it was tinted windows and it was, there was kind of a reflection, and I said, open the door, and I started to <laughs> yell it because I, was, I wasn't in the mood to play around or to joke around at the time. Uh-huh. As I'm getting louder and louder and yelling, open the door now! <laughs> I look through the window and finally the person on the other side of that window in the pass on the driver's side across the car comes into focus and it is a woman <laughs> with her children. And she sees this large man <sighs> demanding to get into her car and the look on her face was I am going to die today. And that was when I realized wrong van, same color, same model. Perfect, Wrong van. Perfect stranger. Your van that you were actually driving that I was supposed to be riding in was just like two vans down. So I don't I remember. Sheepishly, uh, I wish went I would have actual van. been able to look over and see that happen. I, I don't remember that. I must have been looking the other way or something. <laughs> oh, man. So that was pretty embarrassing. But it, there wasn't like a debrief conversation with the woman like, roll your window down. Roll your window down so I can tell you. No, I, I didn't follow Why? up. Why? I was yelling at you. Didn't follow up. Didn't follow up. Uh, I didn't follow up with what happened with mine either. Um, in college, there was a summer where me and Matt Newkirk got into working out. And if you really get into working out in college, you work out and then we would actually swim in the pool as like a as part of like a cool down. And then we would, you'd go into the locker room and you'd take a shower. Yeah. And you know we're you know we're adults here. This is college. You don't yeah. you know, let's not be too sheepish here. You just get buck naked and you take a shower. Right. It's, this is not a big deal. Don't Everybody worry about it. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. Um, but I wasn't that comfortable with it. So the moment I got out of the shower, I was like putting a towel around and everything, and like walking back over to where the lockers were so I could put my clothes back on. And I I had this system where I would strategically at the last second take the towel off, bend over, put on my underwear and put on my shorts really quick because I just didn't like being naked with all these guys walking around in, in the locker room. I just wasn't comfortable doing that. Yeah, normal. Um, but So I was doing my system and this is in Good Morning Chia Lincoln when we, when we came up with the phrase, the moment of nakedness must be minimized right. because of my system. Well, uh, I dropped my towel and as I bend over to get my underwear and put them on, um, I feel the sensation of my butt cheeks being pressed against something. I was like, there's no wall here um, behind me. And then I start to realize that it's like a cold, clammy thing that I'm pushing up against. Like a whale? <laughs> and then I turn Or a dolphin? I turn around and look, and there is a large shirtless man sitting on a bench right behind me and I have 
planted my butt cheeks square into the dude's back, like smushed him into it. A professor, it. no doubt. <laughs> I think he was a professor. Yeah, and it was just, it was one of those horrifying, embarrassing moments where time slows down to a crawl, and, you know, it took, it just felt like it took a minute to, like, pry my butt cheeks off of this guy's It probably didn't. <laughs> back. And did and you speak to him? I was looking, and then he turned, and our eyes met. Mm. And then I just whipped Your my... eyes met right after your butt and his back met. <laughs> yeah, and then I whipped my head back around really quick, pulled up my underwear, pulled up my pants, gathered all my stuff, and ran around the corner to the other lockers. And oh, like you ran away. Coward, Yeah. just in embarrassment. You I did put, the right thing. Put on all my clothes, and then as I walk out, uh, I like see the guy again, and I like. You gave him a nod? I nodded Yeah, at man, him. that was me. Um. Nice to get to know you. That was that was so embarrassing. I mean, but he had the grace not to say anything or not to get up. It wasn't public embarrassment, which is what, but neither one of those those uh, experiences were really big public embarrassment. So I'm I'm grateful for that. All right, there's a, there's actually a second half to uh, Colleen's uh, question here. Let's play that. Hey guys, it's me Miranda, and I have a really good question for you. I was wondering who is your favorite YouTuber, and you better say me, or else I'll be really ticked off. And I was also wondering what is your favorite kind of juice. Um, I just wanted to know because I'm trying out new different kinds of juices. I'm a new juice connoisseur, so. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't us that burped. I just want to clarify. That was uh, that was Miranda. That was Miranda who burped and then breathed on the other side of it. Who's your oh, favorite YouTuber? I, okay, Miranda, I'll I'll say okay, easily you're my favorite YouTuber. Okay, just, I would say, say besides that. Miranda, um, in in an effort to not alienate any any uh, actual YouTubers, out aka there, friends, probably. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with a channel that I believe is my favorite channel. Okay, uh, and that's bad lip reading. Oh, I, I knew I, you were gonna say that. I only I have to like, agree. It, it's it, I never am disappointed in a video on that channel. You know, I, it's so much work. I know that they can't do; they can only do so many. But there's very few YouTube channels that I'm just like, is there? A, if there's a new video there, I am guaranteed without fail to be entertained at a at the highest level. I don't. Bad lip I don't put off watching any of those. Like I haven't watched any of the Twilight stuff, and I was like, it almost made me want to watch the Twilight movies after watching. It's better just to watch the bad lip readings. So yeah, I, I'm gonna go with that. What about juice? Uh, well, my favorite kind of juice. I don't know if this counts, but we we've got this refrigerator in our office that, like a secret fridge, our own fridge in our office, and uh, we have stocked that thing with some kombucha. Uh, this is this is very Southern California. I'm just going to go ahead and admit that. Yeah, uh, we've got some kombucha in there. That's like a fermented tea, but there's a specific type of kombucha that has chia seeds. This oh. is like double double Southern California. So just you know, excuse that. But it it's chock full of chia seeds, chia juice, man. I okay, that's it's my not, answer but too. There's, but there's not juice in the chia. I mean, but it's, the juice is chia mean, kombucha, which is not technically a juice, but it it is in the juice family. And it is my favorite juice, and I love that stuff. I love it too. If you look at our secret fridge, that's the only thing in there. Well, there's some of that yerba mate stuff. That's good too. We, nice Peter actually introduced us to that on the set of ERB. But 
the, the kombucha was something our wives got us into and then I discovered the chia because I was putting the chia in the smoothies and then I realized there was the chia inside of the kombucha and now we only do chia kombucha exclusively. And chia gets like, it has that snotty consistency. Gelatinous. I mean, I, I but love it's it. great. I love that slimy like, snottiness. You know, 50% of your daily in, your daily requirement of fiber in a drink, in a juice. Well, you know I need that. I wonder what Miranda's favorite juice is now that she's getting Well, she's it. asking us what she needs to be drinking, that's it. All right, let's tee up uh, Grace's question here. The only double guest so far on here, Biscuits. Hello, Rhett and Link, this is Grace Ann Helbig the first. Here is my question for you guys. I think one of the hardest but most beneficial things that we can do as human beings is reflect on times that we've felt like failures. I would be very curious to know at what time or times in each of your lives you felt like a failure hmm. and why and how that has maybe helped shape the people that you are or given you some sort of perspective, so on and so forth. Okay, that's it. Yep, that, yep, that, yeah, that's it. That's it, okay, bye. Okay, okay. bye. All right, bye. Oh, she's, so she's, uh, she's going for the jugular. Well, I mean, with she, the, she's, she's getting a little more personal, a little more personal. Failures, failures, um, hmm. You want to go on? This oh, you we, want me to go we're on? We're like, this? We've never failed. No, I think it's. Um, <laughs> I think the difficulty is thinking about which thing to talk about because that th we we've there's a lot of things that we that we've done um, individually and collectively that haven't turned out the way that we would have liked them to. I I think there there was a definitive moment that comes to my mind with Commercial Kings, the TV show that we had on IFC. Um, when it wasn't renewed. So they ordered 10 episodes and we made all of them. It wasn't like Online Nation where it was like, we were hired to host some show and then it was like canceled. The show wasn't canceled, but so it wasn't really a failure in that sense, but then they had to make a decision to renew it or not. And so everything was focused on one particular decision and an answer, like a yes or a no, this is coming back. And it actually took a long time after season one ended, they kind of, they didn't make a decision, they kind of strung it out there. For months. For months, but then there was a point where the answer finally was no. You know, it was, was that an email or a phone call? I think it was strung out so far that it actually just turned out to be an email. Honestly, I, I, I honestly I can't, can't remember the, the specific uh, moment, but I think Whether that, it was an email or phone call. I think there was a time at which we were like, well, if, if it was gonna get renewed, we would already know. Well, that's what we told ourselves, but I mean, I, I think it, that was a, def because there was a definitive answer and it came, it did feel like a failure. I mean, now. Well, it definitely felt like a failure because it was like, okay, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, we've never we've never told anybody this, but, um, and I, I don't know if I, you were, we were together at the time, I'm pretty sure. Um, what was it? What, what was it? Joe Penna's wedding that Ray William Johnson was at? Where, where was it that this is the first time we ever met Ray William Johnson back in the day? And uh, he came up to us and it, we, we had just moved out here to make commercial kings. And he was, he basically said, like, we're all, we're all counting on you to, for this thing to be a success. Like you guys are going to be the first people to show that I remember that YouTubers can cross over or whatever. You know, it was the first interaction I ever had with a guy. Um, but and, I, you know, it, I, but so 
there was this sense of, all right, this has got to work because people are watching. And well, just because we're, I mean, that's added pressure, but I mean, there's just the fact that, hey, we're dropping everything. We're moving to another coast. This is what we're doing. This is gonna be our life right now. And we're dragging our families out here and we're making this, well, not dragging them, but we're moving our families out here. We're making this thing they happen. They came willingly. And it, it's, um, when it, when there's that point of the answer is no, yeah, it felt like a failure. And now in retrospect, certainly, I mean, after that is when we, in the aftermath of that, we had to figure out what we were gonna do. We started Good Mythical Morning. I mean, I'm very, very thankful that it happened the way that it happened. But I don't wanna gloss over the fact that there was that, there was more than a moment where it, yeah, it just felt like, well, that, that was a big thing. We put everything into that. It didn't work. Now what are we gonna do? And we, the answer was we're gonna rebuild our YouTube channel and we're, but by the way, we're also gonna write a TV pilot. We're gonna start having meetings for television, something that we never talk about because it never amounted to anything. Yeah. I'm not calling that a failure, but you sh- it didn't, that didn't work out either. But it's, that, it's, it's those conversations that you have to have when you have to tell everybody. You have to tell your friends, you have to tell your fans, you have to tell your audience, you have to tell your family members, you have to tell your mom, um, yeah, the show, they didn't order it again. And so I developed this speech that I would say. And you know what? There's still times that I say it now. I say it all the time. I mean, so you know what I'm what I'm about to say. What's this, what's the speech? Well, I I mean the explanation, right? Well, I, well, I'm just saying the fact that the show got canceled. It's always how I explain why we live out here because people are like, "What brought you to L.A.?" and I'm like, "Well, uh, I make internet videos, and then one of the things I was doing on the internet got turned into a television show. It got canceled after one season." Uh, but you know, but now I'm doing the internet thing full time, and it's great. So it's like, and, and there's actually and, and failure I'll, built into the story of why I live here. And I'll even throw in things. And early on, it was there more. It was kind of like taking the edge off the fact that it didn't work, which was all true. Which was, well, you know, IFC was they were trying to figure out if they wanted to do they wanted to get into more narrative, and our show wasn't narrative. They said it was good. We were very proud of it. It was a great experience, but they wanted to do other things on their channel, so they made the decision not to order more of them. You know, so it you kinda give the explanation, take the edge off. It wasn't us, it was them. But the fact thing. but the fact is is that, you know, this many years later, looking at it, I think we both know how we would do things differently. And I'm not saying it would have by any means guaranteed that the show would have continued and I think we're all on the same page that uh, ultimately, it's been great that it wasn't. It, it didn't get picked up. We wouldn't so, be here. We wouldn't be here right now without it. So, to Grace's question, how has that experience shaped us as people? Do you think? I mean, I, I think I go into everything that we do with a with a with an overwhelming sense that there's absolutely no guarantee that it's going to be a success. Uh, but more and more, with every year that passes, with a I'm compelled to trust us before we trust anybody else's voice. You know, because I think that a lot of the things that we would change about commercial kings are things that we we just didn't feel confident enough to to say or to implement, you know, even though we probably had the had the ability to as executive producers of the show. I I don't think it would have like re- made it have a second season. I don't think it would have made it have a second season, but it there's just this like, you know what? There's no guarantees that anything is going to work. 
And uh, the best chance that you can give it is by trusting yourself and doing everything you can to execute your vision. Uh, so I kind of approach every single thing that we do. And I also approach everything with a, if this doesn't work, I've learned that it's always a step to something else. So I can't get too torn up if something doesn't work. Yeah, um, because we moved on to things which I'm so thankful that they're they're better for us and we're enjoying ourselves and expressing and that's how, almost, ourselves. That's more. happened every single every time. single time. Yeah, with online nation and with yeah. Oh, there's there's lots of times. Every but, failure has opened a door to something that we've actually wanted more than the thing that we were trying to succeed at. I mean, I think on a much more microscopic scale, I'm sure you'd agree with this. I, I don't. Maybe I'm making this over dramatic, but just in terms of feeling like a failure, it's easy to feel like a failure as uh, a father or a husband sometimes. I, I think that those are the things that happen. Well, I'm a perfect father and husband. <laughs> more often because you got, when you have kids, you you know, it's uh, it's it's a demanding thing to have, to have patience and I don't have a lot of that for younger human beings and like, I gotta apologize a good amount to my children, um, which I think is a healthy thing. You know, I think they, that's my spin at least, hey, uh, as I'm, long as you I'm apologize, sorry. I'm, a, I'm a sorry, sorry father. <laughs> well, um, but I don't. I don't want to just dive too deep into into all the failures. We should just move on. Okay. <laughs> Unless you want to talk about some more failures. Uh, no, let's move on to a question from Mamrie Hart. Good question, Grace. Here we go with the main town. Uh, my first question is: Being a fellow North Carolinian. Sometimes I think how easy it would be to go back to North Carolina and be able to make YouTube videos from there, which you guys could do. So what is it that keeps you in Los Angeles rather than doing what y'all do back in the Tar Heel state? Yes, I did say Tar Heel. I know you guys did not go to Carolina. Mm -hmm. And my second question is something I always ask people, which is what's the first an animate object you ever dry humped. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> she always asks people that. Uh, she's never I, asked me that. Well, I can believe that. She though. sounds like she's on a phonograph. Like, like the, when, when <laughs> like we're playing a record. Well, like when sound, when you know, we were able to first translate human sounds into instruments. You know, like like one of those big horns, seventy-eight or like, whatever that like was. Like a record player with a big yeah, horn yeah, on it. That thing. Uh, okay, I guess. I think it's called a phonograph. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making things up. Um. Do we think about going back to North Carolina and 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 doing this? We could do this from North Carolina. It, it seems like that's what she thinks sometimes. So, um, I think there's there's a number of parts to this. I think number one, uh, a, a, number one, we love Los Angeles. So there's a lot of people who hate Los Angeles. I recognize that, and they're like homesick. Uh, I think something about our personalities, wanting to kind of be in the middle of things. Um, we haven't grown tired of Los Angeles yet. Mm -mm. So we like it here. So that that's just kind of the, to, to start off with. Well, and I don't mean to say anything about the weather, which is hackneyed, but I will say that I've never used that word since I learned it in vocabulary yeah, I class don't, I don't even in know sixth what it means. grade, and I probably misused it. I thought it was like when something's wrong with your knee. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm hackneyed. But it's, it's 74 degrees outside right now, like 9.30 at night, and it's probably that cool in here, and because we're not outside. And I'm wearing a t-shirt, a hoodie, a jacket, <laughs> and a hat. And I thought about putting a hoodie over my head. I mean, yeah, yeah. But we're, so that we've changed. 
That being said, you know, I just went back to North Carolina and visited um, family, and it was great. And I'm I miss all of them, and it's tough to be a, away from family and friends back home. But I love being here. I just love being in a place where the so many people are trying to do. It, they're they're doing artistic stuff, or they're related in this business in some way, and you never and that, have to and, explain. And, and you know, I, I it's not that people who are trying to do interesting and artistic stuff are not elsewhere, are not in North Carolina. No, there's a lot of people doing interesting and artistic stuff in uh, North Carolina. Yeah, but there's something about uh, a place like New York City or a place like Los Angeles where people who are try are shooting as high and as far as they possibly can in the arts <coughs> migrate to these places. Not exclusively, but m most or at least many of them do uh, kind of migrate to these areas. And what that ends up creating is uh, just a really interesting community of people that not only can you interact with just on a personal level, but I think I'm gonna take issue with what she said. I think it would be easy to go back and make vi the videos that we're doing in North Carolina. I don't think it would be easy because you know what, Stevie, is from North Carolina, and what did she do? She moved to Los Angeles, and we hired her when she was out here in Los Angeles. Yeah, as our, an example, everyone our on our team. team yeah. You know, I'm. I love our team and everybody that works with us, and it would have been a lot more difficult to to gather these people together uh, back in in Lillington, you know, or even or in Fuquay. Right. I mean, that's just that's just, it's the, just the, it's matter. The, it's the nature of things. Now, when we shot the opening to Commercial Kings in the middle of the street in downtown Fuquay Varina, a block from where our studio was, like literally in the center turn lane while people were driving on either side of the road. We had a tripod and like a jib set up for that shot. You can't do that out here without spending a lot of money and getting a lot of cops to show up and signing a lot of papers and then spending even more money. As we were, you remember this, when we were yeah. shooting that, we looked over there. The cops did show up. We didn't ask any permission and then we walk over to the cop, Fuquay cop who shows up it was like, okay, we gotta apologize and plea our case before we could get- Because we're in the turn lane, basically. Yeah, this, yeah. Before we that, could, Not on a median, in the road. Yeah, for for 20 minutes. Oh yeah. Trying to get the shot we wanted uh, without permission. So we go over to him and we're like prepare, preparing our statement and before we can get in a word in edgewise, he says, hey guys, my son's a big fan. How long are you guys gonna be here? Like he wanted his son to come out and meet us. Which is great, and then there was like a county commissioner who the was town, the town commissioner. Town commissioner. He rolled down the window and he's like, "Hey, hey guys, I'm um, the town commissioner. Anything you guys need, just let me know." So there's if, that was, you know, let's ignore the fact that you're creating a traffic hazard at the moment. <laughs> so that you know, you there's something about home. There's something about North Carolina. There's something about the South that you can't recreate out here. I acknowledge that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different elements about the people that we grew up with and the place we grew up that you that you can't recreate out here in Los Angeles. Uh, but you know, I spent over 30 years there. Uh, so did you. <laughs> and um, it's like, okay, well, we're, this is a new season and I'm not saying that we're gonna eventually get tired of smog and traffic and uh, shallow people, but <laughs> I, I do think that uh, at least for the indefinite future, we're in a place where we feel like we're able to do what we do to the best of our ability because of where we're at. Yeah, and um, I will say a mattress. Oh yeah, second part of the question, uh, I'll say a stuffed Shamu from SeaWorld. Here's um, another question. 
Hey guys, this is Josh Sunquist. My question is, a lot of times people talk about how having kids changes everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if when you look at your videos now versus before having kids, if you see any difference in the content that you produce. Very calming voice. I feel like he's leading me in a mindful meditation as he asks, as he asks the question. Which, which he does on his yeah, second does, channel. right. So you can check those out if you want some guided mindful meditation from Josh Sunquist. Um, which we didn't talk with him about on the Ear Biscuit, so uh, that's a little shout out. Having kids changes everything. Well, that's true, but specifically with the with the question of you know our videos now versus before having kids, we had kids before we started making videos. I mean, before we started making videos as we do now, yeah, you know, on professionally YouTube. on YouTube. Yeah, I mean the the first breakout video, as many of you probably know, is when we did Pimp My Stroller, where. Your son Locke and my daughter Lily were in the double stroller that we pimped out and turned into like something that kind of looked like the Batmobile with ground mm-hmm. effects and spinners. Um, I mean, we had made a few videos. In, you know, in college, we, college had, yeah. we, we had made some videos, but none that like translated and broke out on YouTube once YouTube became a thing. And we were writing more funny songs much more than we were making videos. So th- that doesn't, that well, really... I, I think it's more about um, since there is no before and after, there's really a this is the situation. We have children. They watch our videos. Uh, how does that make a difference in the content we produce? Mm. Um, I would say that we have not yet made a video. I'm not, I'm not saying that like we're about to make something different, but we haven't made a video that I don't let my kids watch. Yeah, I and and we think about that a lot. Like I think about, my kids watching our videos, and I want them to be able to watch our videos. I mean, we certainly have friends in the industry who their kids can't see the stuff that they make because it's you know it's comedy for an older audience or whatever. Well, and you know and everybody so, has a different standard too. Because I would say that you know a couple times a year we'll release something. You know, uh, whether it's an episode of Good Mythical Morning or whether it's a certain guest we might have on Good Mythical Morning or whether it's a music video that takes things in a certain direction where people who have a different standard for what they allow their kids to watch will complain. This usually happens on Facebook. It seems that the most uh, vocal crowd when it comes to the particular standards that they think our videos should be up to kind of find their voice on Facebook. And for every person who has said, I can't believe that you guys did that or said that, I'm not gonna let my kids watch anymore, I've always honestly thought, well, I let my kids watch it. I mean, I wouldn't have made it if I wouldn't let my kids watch it. Right. Um, so, and yeah, it, and, and there's an upcoming sketch that we're going to release on on our channel. Um, the camping sketch is there's like implied nudity. Well, from me, and it's like I'm going to let my kids watch that, but they're going to. Well, be, you have to. I mean, implied nudity means that we know that you're naked, but you don't see that you're naked. I mean, I mean. I'm technically naked. I, there's implied nudity under my underwear right now. I mean, I don't. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. what kind of uh, rationalization is I'm that? What are you saying? That any nakedness that is in the video is covered up. So therefore, uh, it's, it's the same as but having pants on. Right. Well, if the pants were a blur, digital blur, what's the difference between jeans and blur? Really, if you think about it. <laughs> well, that's is this is a conversation I'm gonna be having with my kids when the video comes out. But I will say because because they're gonna watch it and it, they're gonna be a little embarrassed, but they're gonna laugh. They're gonna and laugh. We're gonna think it's ridiculous, and it's fine. Yeah, for and, me. I mean, I'm not. And again, I mean, I'm not. You know, I, we're 
obviously the majority of the stuff that we create is family friendly regardless of what your standard is, but there are people who are super sensitive about a lot of things and we're not here to please those people and we're gonna disappoint those people from time to time and that's just that's just part of the deal. I but think, I do want, but but we, we do, there is a standard of I want my kids to watch what I do. Right, but our kids are getting older. They're getting older. So what if when our kids are like 18, is it gonna get R-rated at that point? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's not, I doubt it. But we're not making stuff for preschoolers. No, we're not. It's not. There, there have been people who've thought that. It's not for kids, uh, but kids can watch it. Uh, that's what we always say. However, Ear Biscuits in particular is definitely not for kids, and uh, when there's an episode that we think is definitely not for kids, we let people know. So I think it depends on the uh, the property. Speaking of kids. My kids don't listen to Ear Biscuits. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. My, the only Ear Biscuit that uh, any of my kids listen to Stampy Cat. Was Stampy Cat who uh, submitted a question for us here. Oh, that's a great by segue. Way of segue. Hello, Retin Link. This is Stampy. <laughs> and my question is because you create most of your content as a partnership, what is the best and worst thing about making videos with someone else compared to making them by yourself? Hmm. That voice is absolutely amazing. There's absolutely no reason to doubt why he has, has made himself famous. It's that voice. If you could talk like that, We'd be, we'd be twice better as big, off. Twice as big. Um, hmm. So, what's the best and worst thing about making content together versus making it by yourself? I mean, so we'll answer that. And you know, I'll I'll start by saying we've ne- we've never made anything apart, really. I mean, you made a couple you you made a couple of videos for Jesse. Like there, <laughs> you do you going there? We don't have to talk about those. What, I, I actually I don't, don't even know what, what you're talking about. I think you made a video for Jesse, and it's like I didn't help you make it. It was like an anniversary video. I don't know if it was just a picture montage. Oh yeah, I mean, and I and I've written, you know, I've written some songs and stuff. I I, I wrote her a song <laughs> back in the early marriage when I was really romantic. Were you blowing your hair? <laughs> Bl- <laughs> blow drying would be. A... <laughs> Were you trying blow? to go R rated already just because I'm <laughs> just because I mentioned it, huh? Were, were you blow <laughs> I was not blow drying my hair in the video or in the song that okay. I wrote for it. While <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. But the only it, but all of our creative endeavors have been done together. It's like the only thing that we the only thing that we've ever done kind of on our own is just the jobs that we that we did before we had creative jobs. Okay, but I have an answer to the best worst thing about it, making brother. content. Um, I think the best thing and the worst thing are the same thing, and that is you have to take somebody else's opinion into account. I mean, it's plain and simple. You have to get buy-in on anything creative from you if, if I'm pitching it, vice versa. We both have to be and, on and board. And that can be one of the most frustrating things if you have an idea that you think is incredible or you have a perspective on something that you're like, no, th- th- this is gonna work. And it's just like, if you would just let me do it. But then the best part of that is. Cause you want it to be easy. You just wanna pitch your idea or I wanna pitch my idea and then just, there not to be any resistance. So it's frustrating. And, and it's but not it, even actually resistance. It's part of the process, but you, the problem is when we interpret it as resistance and it is frustrating. But what we have found is, although it can be a frustrating process, um, it does almost always lead to a better product because two minds are better than one. It's a refining 
Now, right. you, you can get too many cooks in the kitchen without a doubt. Um, but uh, we we're, we're basically the 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 you know when it comes to the core ideas. Finish this sentence. If I worked alone, blank. Um. Well, this is kind of this kind of gets into uh, almost like an accountability thing, which is yeah. If I worked alone, I would probably have taken some sick days, a lot of sick days. Like when I worked for uh, the engineering firm that I worked for back in the day, if I woke up with the slightest sore throat, you were out. Of, you were, I, I called in sick. I was like, this isn't worth it. This job is not fun. I feel bad. I'm going to stay home and watch. The price is right, and <laughs> eat some chicken noodle soup because that's my prerogative. But I haven't seen the prices right since we've started this business because Drew Carey hosts. I heard about that. He's lost a lot of weight. He looks very different. He's not funny anymore. I haven't watched it either. Um, but the thing is, just to keep the accountability intact, is get, there's no sick days. Like I honestly cannot remember a sick day. We've taken some days off for family. We've taken some days off for vacation. I cannot remember not coming to work in the past nine years since this business started. Well, it's interesting. Because I was sick, and I have been sick a lot. I come to work because I know you're gonna be there, and if I don't come to work, I have to call and be like, oh, I'm not feeling this. We gotta get, we gotta work. We, I'm not, I can't just that, be like, I wanna go and like do well, crafts today. We've mutually committed to stuff, but still, if there's any time that we, we do everything absolutely equal, I mean, if we if you get X amount of dollars, I get X amount of dollars. If you well, that's what you think. If you if you take <laughs> if you're taking this amount of vacation, I'm taking this amount of vacation. If I got to do this, well, you know, it's funny because sometimes if it's like, hey man, I need my computer's busted. I need a new one. It's like we had this conversation today. I'm like, my computer's not working well. I I think it's a justified purchase to get a new one, but I'm mentioning this to you because. I know that, that you're means gonna, I get that one. means you get one too, and you. I need you to be a little excited about it. And of course, you're gonna be excited because anything that you can get, you're gonna get excited about, but it's the other way. If you were to ask me, there's a chance I'm gonna be like, nah, let's wait, man. Just, well, you know, and you're, you're kind of getting into some of those issues that I think that Hank Green's question uh, oh, yeah, okay. raises too. So let's, let's we're kind of getting into that. So let's, let, let's play his question. Hi, this is Hank Green of Hank and John Green of the Vlogbrothers. I wanted to ask Rhett and Link a question. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> There's something super powerful about two people leading a creative project together. You see this a lot, uh, though. It's usually sibling siblings that are doing it, but you guys are pretty close to siblings, often closer than siblings, I'd say. Uh, and also, I think it requires a really deep level of trust and understanding to do this kind of thing together. And that is difficult to get outside of actual family relationships. But I'm interested in building that with other people in my life who aren't in my family. So what do you think it is about this kind of relationship that increases the odds of success? And how have you guys cultivated that trust and understanding in your creative and personal and professional relationship? That's my question. Bye, guys. Good question. Jeez. Well, you know, he, we, the first part of that question of like, you know, what about that kind of relationship increases the odds of success? I, I think we kind of got into that, which is this two two minds are better than one, especially when they work together well and that kind of thing. But this thing about trust, which is, you know, this is something. And, and not being siblings, I think is, you know, where he's coming from. Yeah. Well, and I would say for all intents and purposes, we are, and maybe even, we, we always describe ourselves as an old married couple, 
uh, it's probably a better description than two brothers because we made the decision to be friends and we have continued to make the decision to continue to be friends. And be business partners and But the trust thing is, um, you know, thankfully, and I, and I think this is a key, trust is something that we've never had to work on. We don't have to work on our trust. The trust is not something that is in jeopardy and, and never has been in jeopardy. And I think that is just uh, a result of the time and the track record. Knowing each other since we were kids and we had never violated each other's trust. That Now we've pissed each other off yeah. and we're gonna get into talking about that later, but we've never violated each other's trust. Yeah, I mean, trust is not something that you can engineer. You know, it's it's interesting that Hank said he's interested in cultivating relationships of trust and collaboration that don't in, involve being someone's being siblings. Now, I you know, he he's you know he's married, and I'm I'm, I'm sure he gets the vibe of commitment and you know earning trust so i'm not telling him anything he doesn't already know in that sense but i mean that's what our experience is is that it's something that we just we earned over time of not you know just not um doing something to just really undermine our our friendship and that's why i get the computer when you get the computer i mean that you know that's it's because i'm never even though i could you know, I have access to the to the uh, corporate checking account to the same degree that you do. I could be going to the ATM and pulling out cash, and you would never look at it. We don't, you know, but we know that that's not going to happen. Uh, and that's, I mean, I couldn't. We couldn't do what we do if a trust was something that was in the balance, right? Um, and I, I, I think a good example is the the principle of adopting the language of we. Um, when we're saying anything outwardly. Um, we made a decision, there was actually, I, I can't, we may have talked about this in Ear Biscuit at one point, but we made a decision at some point where we actually said that we are going to not take personal credit for things. Instead, we are gonna refer to, even if there's something that very specifically was just one person because we divide up more and more creatively all the time, and we know certain things that one of us is doing and the other one's not having much of a hand in it. Uh, we have a creative hand in everything that we do. We both touch everything. But if you're doing 90% of something, like a whole bunch of the writing on something, well, we still make a decision that when we when we talk about that outwardly, it's a, we use we terminology. Right. We, we made this, when we did this, um, when we created this, when we wrote this, uh, I I, mean, I I think that's a, just a decision to protect, just to protect against competition and credit. Oh, an ego. To protect against ego, exactly right. That it's, and and to say, hey, you know, this is our agreement. This is an extension of trust that we, you know, there's something more important than one of us getting credit or getting more accolades than the other person, and that's us creating what we want to seeing a vision. Well, because I think come, there's, there's come together. I mean, how many times have you heard about uh, creative partnerships or uh, what people would describe as a creative partnership, and it turns out that the the parties in that partnership, one of them or both of them, consider themselves 
to be the key or mm-hmm. to be, well no, I was, I was the one who started this and, and then I, I brought you along or you know, uh, and th- those partnerships always end. Right, and like the Lennon-McCartney example, if you look at the credits on any of, every single one of their songs, Lennon-McCartney, Lennon-McCartney, I mean, they didn't all write all of the songs and you know. But then they broke up, right? Or was it that Lennon got shot? I mean, they, they broke up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, they, went they broke up, but I'm talking as the Beatles. But yeah, we could still break up, but then that would be a new agreement. <laughs> did I just, just, did saying, I just bust the analogy I, yeah, you entirely? Basi- you basically said. Well, no, as the Beatles. But they went, went to India and things got weird. Maybe we're, we just got to. Let's just not don't, go to India. Don't go to India. But as the Beatles, and I could be a little wrong about this, but every song, whether one of them wrote it or the other one wrote it, it's credited to both of them, Lennon slash McCartney. Every- and, they're, and they're both still alive and both still best friends to this day. That's what, that, it would be a perfect analogy if that was the case. So just let's just believe let's that that's true. Let's just say that's the case. Imagine a world where John Lennon uh, still living and is Paul McCartney's best friend. Well, then what about all those Wings songs that are pretty awesome? You missed my imagine joke. I know I got it, but oh, I mean. You didn't even laugh at it. You, I mean, you didn't appreciate that at all. <laughs> okay. So did, Hank, I hope that helps. Did, uh, did we give Hank his uh, his due? Well, I think the a, I think the application is if you wanted to build this kind of trust with other people, then it's just gonna be, it's a time, it's time. You know, it just, it, it's a, it's an investment and there are some choices that you can make. And there, there was this commitment. I mean, even the blood oath that we took in, I mean, when was that, you know? Middle I, I don't school, know. It, it, it depends on when we're telling it, when it was. Early like, high it's school. fuzzy at this point. I think it was early high school, but we made a blood oath and it was, yeah, it was a, it was a ridiculous thing amongst kids. It was very broad. Kids, but it, it was very broad, but it was, the fact that we did that, and then we talked about it. Was it, we were very commitment oriented, you know. It was, um, and then when we moved out here, at, you know, I mentioned earlier about writing a TV pilot. And when you talk to agents and stuff like that, they're asking you questions like, "Well, what is it you want to? You guys want to do? Do you want to have a network television show? Let's see if we can make something happen. Do you guys want?" And they would all ask the question. Do you guys want to go out on auditions separately? And we made a decision. We had we actually had to talk about it again just to kind of renew that vow, so to speak. That no, we're going to be it. It's it's too complicated. We're going to be in everything. We're yeah. We're, I don't we're th- a duo. I don't think it, it, there was never a, con- a serious consideration that we would do things individually. No, no, no. There never was. But when people would ask, we would have to we would have to tell them. You know, and we'd have yeah. to take a stand. It's like, no, I don't want, I don't want to see any opportunities. That's not something for us as a comedic duo. Um, that's for right. one of us individually. And not to mention, I mean, the we, we, you know, I'm not saying that. You know, when we're 70 years old, if you're if you're like, I really want to open up a wood shop or something like that. I don't know if that you're going to want to do that. Then I'm going to be like, I'm not. You know, well, don't do that without me. But there's so many things that we want to do as a duo that we've yet to do. That that, that, that any any personal creative projects that we that we want to do, uh, I think they're going to be after we've done everything that we wanted to do together. And it, and there may never be anything else. So, but I can see that there's a time when there be something where like I got this little side project, you got this little side project kind of thing. But you know, not not, in, not until we do those things that we we've got a list, you know. It's not it's it's, right. it's it's a it's a pretty long list, 
of those things that we've always said that we want to do, and we're pre- we we haven't made a lot of progress into that list. And we are, yeah. It's I I think that the the things that we want to do in the way that I'll just make a prediction here, and I'll. It's funny because I've I thought about this like you know back in middle school being st- like thinking about the Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Okay, this, this is going to get a little like geeky. My kids are watching that show right now. Um, you know we were like super into their music, and then Will Smith has this television show. Jazzy Jeff shows up, and he's a horrible actor in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and then Will Smith becomes this amazing blockbuster. Um, Actor. Yeah, he's an actor, that's right. Played Muhammad Ali, and he was in that Independence movie, and then a lot of other stuff, and then I don't know what he's up to now. There's like Scientology going on, and I'm just scared for the guy. Yeah, right, but he'll make a comeback. But Jazzy Jeff just got into producing and his music, and um, I don't think that will happen to us, because I don't think we're, I don't think, I just don't think we're that much different. We're not as different as those two guys. Right, yeah. Um, And plus, there is this pattern that, you have these big ideas, then you convince me how great it is, and then I like double down on it, and that's and then so that's kind of a pattern that will probably it, keep happening. It works well. Um, so I, I think we're pretty safe in saying that, you know. What about Outcast, though? I mean, you know, Big Boy and Andre. I just think they're more different than we are. Yeah. We want to break in here for a quick moment to mention this episode's sponsor, Credit Karma. Rhett. What's the most important number in your life? My age. Nope. My IQ. Nope. Uh, the level that I parked my car on in the mini leveled parking garage at the outlets. Nope, I'll give you a hint. It has a huge impact on your finances, what you might pay for your credit card interest, home and auto loans, and student debt. It's your credit, credit score. score. And it's crucial to know what that score is and how it works, Well, people. I knew you were gonna say that because I know that our sponsor is Credit Karma. I was just playing a long link. Hopefully, I was convincing. Excellent. Uh, what I like about Credit Karma is they don't just show you a score and send you away. They actually break it down so you can see how your actions can affect your score. And they do all of this for free. And then they send you away. No, they don't even send you away. You can just then go away after you get the helpful information. Don't pay for your credit score is the point. With Credit Karma, you can get your credit score right now absolutely free. Just go to creditkarma.com slash retinlink to get started. You also get free tips and suggestions to help you manage your credit, free credit monitoring, and free alerts when your score ch-ch-ch-changes. There's no catch, people. You don't have to put in your credit card number or anything like that. Everything on their site is free. That's right. Credit Karma offers reports, scores, and tools all for free. One of the pathways to achieving the good life is to make sure you're on top of your credit score. Go to creditkarma.com, that's karma with a K, of course, slash ret and link. Creditkarma.com slash ret and link to get started. Today's episode is also brought to you by Zevia. Zevia is a naturally sweetened soda with no sugar, no calories, and it's also non-GMO project verified. What? Zevia is available in 15 delicious flavors, including cream soda, black cherry, cola, ginger ale, orange, and even tonic water, all with zero calories, and all of them are awesome, especially grape. Well, that's your favorite. 
Yeah. I like the cream soda. Oh. I'm partial to the cream soda. But if you love soda and you don't love the artificial sweeteners and calories that come along with it, and you're going to want to stock up on some Zevia, uh, they're the first brand to offer zero-calorie sodas with no artificial sweeteners and no sugar, and they're also certified vegan, gluten-free, and kosher. Kosher. Hmm, you had to do that. It's stretching it a little bit. Go to Zevia.com slash podcast because Zevia is giving away thousands of free six-packs, y'all. You never know. You could come home to a surprise soda on your doorstep. You know you like the sound of that. Head to zevia.com slash podcast to get yours. It's Z-E-V-I-A dot com slash podcast. Now back to the biscuit. Let me play another question here. Who's next? Oh, Hannah. Okay. Yeah, Hannah Hart. Rhett, what's your favorite part about working with Link? Link, what's your favorite part about working with Rhett? Rhett and Link... What's your favorite part about working with the impossibly awesome Stevie Wynn Levine? Levine? Stevie. We're working with Stevie. I think it's Levine. Okay. Hannah's friends with Stevie, so she got a, I guess she was throwing in a shout out there. But I also think the thing that was at work there is Hannah is trying to create some sort of awkwardness in, in getting us to say sweet things about each other because that's, I think that's her ploy here. Well, I think, I mean, you know, I think that, uh, or maybe she's just a curious cat. <laughs> but it, there's an interesting thing, and you were telling me that Jesse told you about this, so maybe you should tell it, about the awkwardness amongst guy friends to even... Men are not willing to acknowledge that they are friends. With each other, yeah. Right. It, but there's like, just, there's awkwardness in, in even saying we're friends. So for us to on a show in a dimly lit room, just the two of us to be then disseminated out I don't, li- I don't later. like to think of it as just the two of us. I like to think about the people who are also listening. To the, then, I picture them being here. To turn around and say our favorite things about each other. At least she said our th- favorite things about working, working with, each with each other. So it's not like, I love the way that your eyebrows dance when you speak or something. <laughs> well, that, I, that's not on my list about you. Um, but I've got I've got some things. I think I might have a couple of things, Link. I think I might have more than one thing. Okay, you'll go first then. Um, but we're not gonna make eye contact while you're saying these uh, things. No, 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 definitely not. Uh, okay. I would say, and this may be a little, I mean, I, this may be me saying something that it, 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 because it benefits me and that's why I like it. You're hedging already. Um, as opposed to just being a good-hearted guy who's just seeing something in someone. Okay. Is uh, the, it is very, and I can, I think I take it for granted. Having someone who, when it comes down to a perspective on something, like a perspective on a person that we meet, for instance, a person that we hang out with, or a situation where we go into a room and we have a meeting with like five people, me and you may differ on our approach to different things a lot, but we almost always have the same exact read on such major situations and individual people. So much so that it's kind of like, we already know what we're thinking collectively, we just have to talk to somebody else about it. Does that make sense? Having someone who... Um, I think like you? No, I'm saying I, ta- I'm saying I take it for granted <laughs> that one of the things that is is I think this goes back to us being able to work together. No, and I'm saying I think like you, 
and you think like me, we're very different, but there's this, this whole large pie, slice of the pie of life that we kind of silently and wordlessly kind of interpret in the same way that I kind of take it for granted until I like start trying to have a conversation with somebody else. So that's one thing. Um, but I'd say the second thing is one of the reasons why we work together so well, which is um, I don't like to finish things and I don't like to get into the weeds on things. And I have a tendency, because you've kind of just done this, to be like, it's like once we get into like a really complicated like edit or something like that, I'm just like, I just kind of got, I'm just gonna kind of go on autopilot now uh, because I know that Link is gonna worry about this to like, to to the nth degree yeah. and land it. Um, and so, I mean, if we were if we were the same in that way, then it wouldn't work. So the fact that you take things and you know f- put your focus on them. I just kind of step back. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I think mine, well, thank you for that, Red. I appreciate that. I appreciate that you appreciate that about me. I I, I think mine kind of dovetails with that in terms of how we creatively complement one another because I think my first thing that I like about working with you is that you're an ideas-driven uh mind like it's all about big ideas and the next idea and a new idea like when we were driving home last night carpooling back to our homes and we were just spitballing about kind of plot points in some in some narrative thing that would be cool to do you said you threw out it you threw out a specific idea and I was like, that's a good, I thought that's a good idea. And my question was, did you just come up with that? And you were like, yeah, I was, I was, I looked out the window and I saw that and then I thought about this and then I said this and it was just an idea. And I was like, that's pretty amazing. You know, so I appreciate that, that the pressure is a little bit off. If I can say, all right, this is the structure of something. And then if we only had that thing to fit into the structure, like, Here's a here's a beautiful seat for a race car. If there was like something that could just sit in that, or I don't, you know, it just kind of fits. So it kind of takes the pressure off me because I've in that particular sense. Um, so I appreciate that. I I also think it, this is a little this is more personality. May, maybe this kind of dovetails with kind of business stuff, but I appreciate the fact. And I'm in I'm in, da- in dangerous territory state saying this Uh-oh. from an ego perspective. I don't want to stroke your ego too much, but I'll I'll just come out and say it, and then I'll backtrack a whole bunch afterwards. <laughs> okay, that you're you're usually right about everything. Oh, <laughs> I'm just well, gonna uh, say it. All right, okay. Like I'm gonna write that down. You're right about a lot of stuff. Like when in doubt, he's probably right about it, and it's not. And I'm not really talking about like creative decisions where it's like really subjective and it's just like, do you like this brush stroke or not? It's, it's more like- On that painting we did together. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm talking more along the lines of like facts and decisions and like if you actually have to think something through or to kind of like a, have some sort of applied wisdom, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to defer or if like, I don't know, 
I and like I would just defer to you, and then I would be pretty confident you're gonna say the right thing, um, or or have the right opinion, or enough of it that then I can just make the last percentage points come together and make sense. Um, so I feel like that frees me up. I feel like I'm freed up to be wrong about a lot of things, and there's a lot of <laughs> there, there's a lot of fun in that, and you even see that in. Good Mythical Morning or in Good Mythical More, if you ever see a cut in Good Mythical More, it's because I get way too loose because I just feel like I can say anything I want. I We can just fix it later somehow or you'll just, you'll nip it in the bud kind of a thing. So I enjoy that. I enjoy well, the freedom of, it's kind of like having a net, so to speak. Um, Rhett the net. Did Rhett the net? Did that make things awkward enough, Hannah? Are you happy with that? Well, we also answer? have to say what we appreciate about uh, favorite part about working with Stevie, and um, I think for me that's pretty easy. It's the fact that she Steve, do, and I guess we need to qualify who who Stevie is. Stevie is our psychic advisor. That's right. And <laughs> no, she's uh, what is she? Head of production. <laughs> what and is development? She? What is this girl? And uh, I mean, and she, and she she's a lot more than that too. I mean, that's her title, uh, but she's been uh, very instrumental in the growth of our team uh, in our in our business. Um, and I think that one of the one of the reasons why is because she cares, you know. And I, I think that's my favorite thing about her is that um, she will lose sleep over something that isn't right about something we're doing. Yeah, like it's. And it, that's very difficult to get somebody. As if it's her content right. in a good way. Yeah, because so you know, most that. people, you know, when I worked for uh, Black and Veatch back in the day, I didn't care, I didn't know who Black or Veatch were and I and, and uh, I didn't care about them or. Are you sure it wasn't Black and Veatch? It and was that's Black like, and Veatch. It's like a dish It was you on eat? all the checks. Um, I read the checks a lot. But I didn't lose sleep when something wasn't going right at work, and and I realize that's a different. It's a different scenario. It was a big company, but she cares, and it, she it, she really cares, and she gets legitimately upset when there's something that's not right. Sometimes I call her at three a.m. to make sure she's losing sleep about stuff, <laughs> and, and she's not. I'm like, I'm I'm making you right now lose sleep, and that makes you feel better. And we, I mean, and we've had to actually, you know, um. Fire her a few times. <laughs> we, we we've had to say, you know, like, you know, we we got to get you, you know, we got to get you some help uh, on some of this stuff, so you so you don't, because uh, she has a tendency to just take on so many different things. Well, I mean, she supervises a team, which we said is a great team. We're not going to brown nose Stevie anymore or our team, but I think that we've 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 uh, we're very appreciative, yes, to, to her and to everybody's everybody's work. Um, all right, so. Let's move on to an, another question here, uh, Joe Beretta. Hey, Rhett and Link, it's me, Joe Beretta, the secret former third member of Rhett and Link. Remember when you killed me by drowning me in the pond in the remote area of your North Carolina property? If I recall, it was just as success was starting to rear its ugly head. I'm pretty sure I saw dollar signs in your eyes as darkness ushered me into my watery grave. Good times. Anyways... We all know that you guys are best buds, but I want you to regale us with the stories of when you were truly mad at one another. What happened, how did you handle it, and how did you make up? Cool, thanks guys. I will be haunting your kin for an eternity. Okay, yeah, so, uh, all right, it's out. We we murdered Joe Beretta. We did, and he's back. 
and he's a ghost. He's now a ghost. But he asked a good question about, he wants to get us to dish the dirt on us fighting with each other. And okay, um, we've racked our brains about this. I, you know, there's, over the years, been there's been different uh, ways that we fought with each other. I mean, there's, when you're kids, we, you wouldn't really fight much as kids. You would just like, no. so I'm not coming to your sleepover. And that didn't even happen. We didn't. We didn't even get into arguments as a kid. No, as no, kids. no, no. It was. It was. But in in college, we would. By the time we were college age, we would uh, fight with each other. We would like we were like rough house. Like in in high school, but I don't know why it happened in college. It seems like more of a high school thing that we would like wrestle with each other. Well, I think some some explanation is is warranted here. I mean. We were watching MMA. Remember that? I mean, a lot. That was a lot of it. I recall. We started yeah. watching MMA, and then we would like wrestle with each other. Like we would have our dorm room door open, and we would be like wrestling with each and other. People would walk by, and they'd be like, "What are those guys doing?" And then sometimes <laughs> uh, Greg or somebody would come over, and and they would join in. Um, yeah, and you would. But do it that was like th- a- amateur wrestling. Yeah, because, it was like 1955 or something. <laughs> but <laughs> but there was like it was it was pent up aggression, and I think it was just hey you know it's kind of like how a, a big brother punches his little brother. We would just kind of f- fight with each other because you, we're we're in each other's space so much. You just start wrestling a little bit. I mean, I remember it differently than that. I I I don't remember it being the same that like we would just be like arguing and then it would turn into wrestling. No, 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 it wouldn't. I think it was a subconscious thing. Yeah, you just thought it was fun, but you would also do the I'm dead move, yeah. which is, you know, you weighed how much more than me? 60 pounds more than me. Easily, yeah. Um, And then you would, we'd be wrestling and it would, you know, it might start as like a little arm wrestle, but then by the end you would be laying on me full body and you'd be like, I'm dead. (laughs) And you would just go. That's a move, man. That's that's an MMA move. It's not the I'm dead move. I couldn't get out from underneath the weight of like your six, seven frame. And you were a skinny guy, but so was I. And it was, but, and that would just, it would be fun up until that point. But then when you would start being like, I'm dead. And I couldn't get out from underneath you. And you would be you like, got really mad about crushing that? me. I would start to get actually mad. Yeah, I would get mad, and you could tell I got mad I because I would start. Mad. I would start punching you. I would do things that were like not a not, not part of the rule book, but not like punching me in the face. No, I, I wouldn't mean, bite I, you. I thought you were just I wouldn't playing. bite you like a child. I thought you child. were just playing. I never knew you were actually mad. But I would. You couldn't see the look on my face. That I, I thought was it was mad. just part of part of the character. <laughs> I was not going into a like. I was not going into like a pro wrestling persona, like the sulking. Guy with the red face who's like angry. That was not my pro wrestler. Well, I'm character. sorry if that I, was me I, being mad. We haven't done that in a long time. I don't think we ever ever will. But there is the I do one. That, I do that to my kids now, though. I'm dead. You still do that? Yeah, and they get so mad. I know they get mad. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> yeah. But 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 you were doing it that one time, and I remember uh, the door. Our dorm room door was open because it was you know it was just it's just something that happened spontaneously. But actually, it was a little bit. The dorm room room was cracked. It looked like we might have meant for it to be closed, but it was a little bit open. And somebody walked by and like, and we were just in boxer shorts. <laughs> yeah, it was to- <laughs> totally ridiculous. The more I think about this, and I've like got you in this like hold, and yeah. uh, somebody walks by and like kind of like cracks the door open. I remember freezing, and I could sense that the door was well, no, the door it, was open. It was Grant. Grant, and he and he was like. 
okay. And, and he just kept walking. He slowly walked away. <laughs> and then we didn't even, we didn't realize until like a little bit later, like, oh, that was. Yeah, I don't know what he thought about that. He may have drawn some conclusions. Um, but but that, I mean, that I think that's how we fought in yeah. college. And then there's like fighting over like, did you take the trash out or did you steal my ice cream out but of the I freezer? Think the thing we've been really open about is the fact that we fight a lot. I mean, we argue a lot and it does get personal and it does get heated. And I think that's a part of any healthy friendship. We don't have to get into that. We talked about that quite a bit in a number of podcasts in the past. But but, but it's more of a creative thing. And I think we kind of hit on, if I'm gonna say anything about it, it's that there's, there, there's conflict that comes from creative energies colliding in a way that makes good things, but it does get frustrating when you think you've got it figured out and you encounter what feels like opposition, which turns out to be a refining force. And that like does we don't go get, both ways. We don't get mad at each other like when we go surfing together, for instance, like it's usually when we're like working on well, something. Well, but hold on. Now that you mentioned that, I remember you getting mad at me when we went surfing because I my level of hearing wasn't to your standard. Like, you would be like talking to me and I'd be like, what? And you'd be like, I, I'm not gonna yell. There's like other surfers around. Yeah, I want you, you to hear. I don't want everyone else to hear. I wasn't yeah. mad, I was frustrated. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and that was kinda like. you're a, like, what? And I'm like. I well, I, but if I, I can't hear, I can't I hear. Yeah, but I don't wanna like be, I'm having a conversation with you. I don't want it to be a conversation with every surfer out here. And so I'm the, I'm the bad guy just because I can't hear. Maybe you were talking quietly and you just don't know it. Why am I the one that's wrong? Or today, it's not wrong, right or wrong. What it's about just today? Frustrating. We're walking to lunch, and like we're talking, we're having a conversation, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the conversation, you're like, "Slow down!" Well, I've been, why are you walking well, so fast? But this is that's actually something I've been meaning to tell you for a lot of, for a long time. Is like I you walk. From point A to point B, you walk so fast. Well, I was hungry. No, no, but no, no, no. It's what, whenever, wherever. You never, you never stroll. You are a beeline. You are right to the next thing. And it's just like my wife always complains about how I'm walking too fast. She's like, I'm in high heels, and your legs are so long. Slow down. So I always feel like I'm going really slow for my wife. But whenever I'm walking with you, I'm, I feel like I'm like. Dadgummit, I am going so fast. And well, my, you should celebrate. And, and my legs are so long that I'm having to take these large steps. Like, why is he in such a hurry? <laughs> so like, we were just having a conversation. I was like, slow down a second. But you were but you were mad. No, I wasn't mad. I was, I mean. And then, and that's, and that's where the real conflict comes from. When I'm like, why are you mad? I'm just walking. And you're like, I'm not mad. And I'm like, well, you sound mad. And it's like, I'm just talking. I'm like, well, why you gotta sound so mad when you're just talking? And that's the, so then we have an argument about how we're having an argument, like an old married couple. Because you, because you want me to say like, could you, could you please slow down a little bit? You're not gonna respond to that. <laughs> You've made it very clear over the past 35 years, or however long we've known each other, that you will not respond to, could you just slow down a little bit? But we fight because Again, like I'm, I'm backtracking from my compliment earlier that it's like you're backtracking. You're right about a lot of things. Yes, I was walking fast, but it's like the line in the Big Lebowski, and I've told you this before, where the Big Lebowski tells Walter, he's like, "You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an. <laughs> <and> <laughs> you're not. You're not an. <laughs> and uh, I'll go on record and say that. But we fight because. I will interpret what you're saying as if you are 
an a-hole. And I'll say like, why are you mad about me walking fast? Why is it, why am, and I think I said this today, I'm like, why is my speed the thing that's wrong? Why can't it be your speed that's wrong? In the way that you said it. And so like, I'll start harping on like how you said something and then you'll harp on the truth of what you said. Yeah, cause I guess, I guess. And it's like the, a, a the, conversation that's missing each other well, and that's conflict. Cause the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that question, why is it that your speed is wrong and my speed is right? Is because, and this is how my brain works. I think because I feel like I've, I have a barometer for my speed based on my interactions with everyone else on the planet, including my wife. And so I think to myself, I know that I walk faster than the average person. So Link definitely is walking too fast. Therefore, I need to say something to him about it. It's funny that we, when we were deciding uh, what order we were gonna answer these questions in, we were like, I don't have, we don't have anything about fights. And then we just came up with two of them. because We know that we fight on a weekly basis. We do it all the time. And it doesn't matter. You know, I think that's the point is that we're not actually, like this seems pretty heated. Just for the record, if if any, well, if you're concerned out there, there's well, there's absolutely. I'll go ahead and tell you right now. Every thirteen to seventeen year old person listening right now is is concerned and thinks that that was a big fight. I have learned that. I have learned that through YouTube comments. But and you know what I'm thinking to such a degree. And and as we've been talking about this fight, I've been thinking, man, we're really onto something. This is great. Like I love talking about this. And I and I, I just think I think it's hilarious. And sorry to generalize, uh, you thirteen to seventeen year olds. Most of you thought that was a fight. And not, so, not all of you. And sorry to kill you back in the day, Joe Beretta. Yeah. But if you want to see as like the cusp or the beginning of an actual fight in a video, like a for reals fight, it, that does exist. Uh, what is the name of that video? Killing Rhett's beard. Yeah, it's called Killing Rhett's beard. It's when Link shaved my beard on an episode of Good Mythical Morning, at the end the wheel lands on a black spot. We had a secret spot at the time and if it landed on a, uh, that spot, we had to do something bad to each other. And That was a surprise to it, us. A surprise and that one was slap each other and we slapped each other. Simultaneously. Simultaneously and I thought that you slapped me too hard <laughs> and so I immediately slapped you back but I had kind of a like it was kind of a like, come on! Like I, I was mad, but I was still kind of, I was still kind of smiling. But as soon but as I did that, don't lie, you were not, you were smiling to cover up the fact that you were mad. Oh no, no, I got no, I was mad. I was totally mad. But I was in my mind, I was thinking, I'm gonna hit you again to like make it even. But all that did was that just you slapped me back, and we hit each other pretty hard. No punching. And it immediately stops and goes dun, 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 whatever, yeah, it however cut. it used to end back then. Back in the day, there was no good mythical war. But we sat there and argued with each other, yelled at each other for a good five minutes after that. While Jason, Jason sat just there, sat there, like six feet away. He Jason was stuck in a room with us for two years. He he just sat there for a lot of just you know a lot of arguments. And that explains why he doesn't work for us anymore by his own volition. <laughs> He's you know. He's doing great things. He's doing exactly what he wants to do. <laughs> Not listening, listening to glad. us, Bicker. Um, but yeah, we, you can see the fire in our eyes. And I, but watching it back, like watched it back today, and I'm like, you know what? I love the comedic timing of that. Like you could, it's funny. Yeah, you could not have people love it. 
could not have made it. It was worth it. We couldn't have planned it more perfectly the way that it, like the timing of it escalated so perfectly. Because people thought they were really mad at each other. Uh, because we were. So that was a legit mad at each other, Joe, and we did reconcile, we always do. Let's, let's move right, right along. Let's get to a, a deep question. This is Shay Carl Butler recording a voice memo in his garage for the Ear Biscuits podcast. Yes. Download it for free on iTunes with Rhett and Link. All right. So I uh, have been asked to ask a question to the Ask Meisters themselves. And I feel like this is supposed to be a semi-serious question, right? Question mark. We're not looking for pirates versus ninjas here. Am I correct? Correct. I assume so. So here we go. If he does, or she, or it, or whatever it is out there that is bigger than us, and that created us, and hopefully loves us and cares for us, if that thing exists, and in the next 20 years, there's technology that also exists that makes it possible for us to transcend death as we know it, to literally overcome the problem that our species has faced for its entire existence. We don't die anymore because robots go into our bodies and our consciousness is, is that big word that is us inside our bodies is able to live forever inside these robots that we create. Can both of those things exist, that and God? And if so, what does God think about that? Does he want us to put robots in our body or does he not want to? That's my question to Rhett and Link. All right, thanks. Uh, I'm Shay Carl. Follow me on Twitter. It's uh, at Shay Carl, <laughs> and then you can watch my fun family vlogs at youtube.com slash shaytards. Okay, guys, looking forward to your answer. Bye-bye. <laughs> You're kidding me. I love <laughs> Who else can go from such an intricate question, which seems like it was kind of like off the top of his head still, which is kind of crazy, um, to like just a, a self-promo self-promo so quickly well it's interesting that it sounds as if he asked that question from the gates of heaven I think, but i think it was his garage that he asked the question i think he was from, on stage at the mormon tabernacle <laughs> i was just saying there was a echo, lot of epic acoustics echo you were know. epic uh okay so you know this question we you know he called us the ask Meister, meisters uh, I think the implication there is that we've asked a lot of difficult questions here at this table, including Touche. So Touche, <laughs> we will. Yeah, we, we grilled him for uh, two hours. We will receive a difficult question from Shay. Yeah, that one's okay. So, wow. I, well, this is. It was a long question. It was. There's a lot to it. Um, but I think that okay. So to summarize the question, it, it, it the question is. Uh, if we're able to take human consciousness and put it onto or into a robot, let's just say into a hard drive, you know, to get it to leave the human body, can that scenario and God exist at the same time? And if so, what does God think about that? So it's it's basically like if that movie Transcendence where Johnny Depp uploaded himself to a computer and then he like to the internet, if that were possible, what would that what would that mean? What would be the implications? And what would what would God think about that? Um, 
You know, first this, of all, as a movie, it wasn't the best it movie ever. It was. I watched. You know, and I watched that movie on the plane, and it was uh, the audio was real bad, and I could hear a little bit of the movie that the person was watching next to me because oh. there was like a short in the <laughs> the headphones. Why does that always happen on a plane? No, that was that was Johnny Depp coming but, uh, into. You. But I'm not trying to dodge this question, so let's answer it. Um, Interestingly, this raises uh, another question, which is um, kind of what Shay's getting at, I think. And that is, let's just say, if we are able to take human consciousness and we are able to implant that onto a robot. Like a hard drive, basically. Let, well, yeah, let's, there's a computer, there's a hard drive on a robot. Uh, but let's just say that we also have the technology uh, to create a robot that physically looks like a person. And let's just make this personal. Let's say that uh, we're able to figure out how to get your consciousness onto a robot that looks exactly like you, like it's such a good recreation that I can't even tell the difference physically between you and this this robot. Well, first of all, lucky robot. <laughs> um, second, second thing is, well, I'm not dead yet. I, I, I so let, let's just say. That's kind of irrelevant in one sense, I think. No, well, no, I'm just saying that I would feel, I want, I want, I feel like that's not me anymore. But let, that, let's say I am dead. Well, but let, let me, let me finish the, let me finish the full scenario. And let's say that we get to a point technology wise that I am able to take, or scientists, whoever, are able to take your consciousness in your brain and implant it onto that you that looks exactly like you. Mm -hmm. So not only does it look like you, but whatever consciousness that you have in your brain goes into this. And then I, being your best friend for most of your life, am able to interact with that second link. Your wife is able to interact with that second link. And after spending a certain amount of time with Second Link, I cannot tell a uh, significant, or I can't tell any difference between Link number one and Link number two. And your wife cannot tell any discernible difference between Link number one and Link number two. Well, I think it, so much so that you just start calling it Link? I could just call it Link. Okay, yes. The implication would be that your consciousness Everything that is you was something that was biological slash electrical, right? It was completely contained in the material world and it was able to transfer over to another being, another robot. That would raise a lot of interesting questions, That's right? a big if, but let's say yes, that happened. Well, but let's say that, okay, but the other scenario is, we transfer that consciousness over to link number two and during my interactions with link number two, I think to myself, you know what? He seems to have the right answers to some of my questions and he seems to remember some of the things that we did. But he's walking he's, slower. He seems soulless. There seems to be something missing or if Christy were to say there seems to be something missing, then maybe what that thing that is missing would be would be what people would call a spirit or a soul. But let's just say for instance, because he just, because I think Shay's question is, what if it did transfer perfectly? Could that scenario exist? Like Christy can't tell a difference, I can't tell a difference. It seems like the full link has transferred. But Can that I could tell a difference. I feel like I would tell a difference. Like if I weren't dead yet, 
and be like, don't don't interact with that link number two. I'm I'm over here, man. But that link number two would feel exactly the same way as link number one. Or presumably, link, if link number two was like in a computer monitor, and he wasn't in the body yet. He'd want to get out. He would have a theoretically, if there was a perfect transfer, he'd be mad if he wasn't. If out. there was a perfect transfer, then he would have the. I would be mad. The same sense of self that link number one had. And what? And what? And what if he did? Well, and what if he did? Well, well, first I want to. I feel. I want to. I I feel a desire. To say that that wouldn't happen, but you don't I, believe that it's possible. I just, I, I, I'm just saying on an emo, even just an emotional level. If I were to just isolate my emotional emotional reaction to that right now, that I don't, I don't want it to be true on emotionally. You're making it personal, but I guess I made it personal. Um, what if it was your? What if it was somebody you didn't know? What if it was a stranger? But I think if it's a if it's a just a per, if it's a perfect simulation, is that just if is that a, not a statement about God or spirituality at all? It's just a statement about technology. Uh, well, if it, it well, I'll tell you. I mean, if I don't know if that it, it, you know, I mean, who's to say that we would even have the technology to even entertain this question? Although there are people like you know the futurist or Ray Kurzweil, whatever his name is who basically says, oh, this is gonna happen in 2045, which presumably is within our lifetime. Um, I think that it would have implications, right? Because if if that were to happen, if you were able to take a whole of a person and put them on a hard drive, then kind of what you're saying is that if you can take a quote unquote soul and put it on a hard drive, then it probably can't pass into another dimension. It can't go to heaven or whatever, you know? Um, so I think it would have some implications in terms of what people think about the world, but I don't necessarily think that it would have implications uh, about God in particular. And it could, to answer Shade's question, can God exist and uh, that scenario exist at the same time? I don't see why not, um, but, but it mean, would definitely you... have some implications about the way we think about the spirit, soul, body, that kind of thing. Yeah, I have to make some adjustments. Yeah. I. Yeah, it's interesting because I just don't know how I would feel because I, I keep going to back back to how I feel, which is not the maybe not the operative question here. But I so to put that aside for a second, I I do think I know this. I'd like for I'd like for somebody to pursue it. Like oh, I'm not I'm not saying outlaw it. I'm well, saying, that's controversial. I'm saying go for it, scientist. Well, because because what all we're going to do is learn. I mean, don't as long as that doesn't mean you're going to suck the life out, you're going to kill somebody in order to throw them on a hard drive. As long as you're not doing that, as long as you're not hurting anybody, I'm saying well, what, what are we afraid of? I, I agree with you. I, what what are we afraid of finding out? Let's let's see what we can let's see what happens, well, man. Well, I, I would like to think that I am open-minded enough to have my worldview be adjusted by a discovery like that. I mean, I think anyone who would say that I'm not willing to uh, to follow that result wherever it might lead is just saying I don't want to hear something that's contrary to what I already think. So if uh, somebody- But it could also confirm what you already think. It could. You know? It could. So what are you afraid of, you know? Not you personally, but 
don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That's kind of how. That's uh, how uh, I feel yeah, about right. it. Yeah, right. I, I'm completely I'm, on the same page. Now, I, do I think I that they're, they're going to be about, able to do that? In I feel our weird lifetime? about myself being digitally cloned perfectly to the point where I'm not special anymore. That wigs me out. Um, but do it to somebody else and tell me tell me what happens. I'm very curious about that. So go for it. I mean, Shay. I guess Shay's doing this out in Idaho. Yeah, I think this, is, what, this is why he moved back. He's to Idaho. freaking out there in Idaho. That's why his garage, where he's, he asked this question, sounds massive. It's probably a massive it's full lab. Full of freaking multiple Shays. Right. He's growing other Shays, <laughs> and he wants to know what God thinks about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, well, don't uh, ask us. Ask God, Shay. <laughs> oh man, uh, that was that was that was fun though. I'm I'm. I feel like stupid and like I'm wigging out all of a sudden. Thanks for asking that question. I hope that's not how we make other people feel when they're on the beer biscuits. Here's another question. This one this one goes uh, really deep. Hey, Rhett. Hey, Link. It's Harley from Epic Meal Time. I sure as hell can't be the only person that wants to know the answer to this question. Here it is. Have you ever seen each other's penis? <laughs> when? Oh, gosh. Why? Why not? Have you ever bathed together? <laughs> oh, uh, man. Wow, he went for it, didn't I, he? I wrote that question for him. Yeah, I'm sure you did. No, I didn't. Man, Harley is, is talk about comedic timing. That, that was well, a masterful delivery. Well, I'll just go ahead and say, uh, as you can probably already tell by the fact that this question was included, we did not um, rule out any questions. If you sent a question in, Via audio, we let you ask it. Harley <laughs> asked about whether or not we had seen each other's penis and what, when, why, and why not. The answer is yes. Let me just start by saying that. <laughs> uh, and let me and let me qualify that answer by saying that if you're uh, if you're best friends with somebody for as long as we've been best friends, and you don't at least uh, accidentally see the other guy's penis uh, at least a dozen times. Then there's probably something wrong. So, but it's like a fleeting. It's like I, I, there's like well, it's like yeah. a, it's like a a frame of a movie. I've probably seen your penis <laughs> a dozen times, but I've probably seen it for a total of definitely less than twelve seconds because I've never d- dwelt upon it. I mean, it's been a like, whoop, there it is. That was an act, you know. Whoop, there it is. We've we've been in hot tubs uh, with naked naked older men in the middle of the desert, like the hot springs out in Death Valley. We've done that two years in a row. Uh, we've been we've skinny dipped in the with uh, our good friend Mike up in the top of a mountain and 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 uh, Southern California up in we, the Sequoia I mean, National Forest. The water was cold, and we laid out on hot rocks like yeah. reptiles for like thirty minutes and went to sleep. We skinny dipped fully naked in high school. We skinny dipped uh, in the Keith Hills the Keith Hills Pond in the Cape Fear River. Yes, I've seen your penis. You've seen my penis. There was a whole group of people involved. We don't make a big deal about it. Um, it's uh, it's just two guys that have happened to be naked at the same time uh, a number of times, but like I said, I've never made an effort to see it. Now, I will say that I've never seen your penis. 
I've looked and I just can't spot it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, totally true. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to refrain from making from making any oh, jokes man. or any comebacks at all. I knew I was going to say that like five minutes ago. I was just waiting for you to shut up so I could say that stupid joke. Um, I remember a specific instance though. This is a middle school experience, you know, when when like everything's awkward. Uh, you probably don't, tell me if you remember this. Um, it was the first time that like, you would go to the beach with your family every year, but it was the first time like you were invited me and like I went to the beach with you and your family. And I, what beach was it, Topsail? You would go there every year and it was like those, uh, those. Uh, Summer Winds, Emerald Isle. Summer Winds, yeah, Emerald Isle. Summer Winds, condos. And I remember one night, like we, you had a room, it had two uh, single beds in it. So I, you know, we were sitting on the edge of our single beds, like getting ready to go to sleep. And you know, when you're in middle school, it's like, we're gonna stay up and talk. And um, so we were just like sitting around, hanging out in our boxers and a t-shirt, just kind of like talking about middle school crap. Like, uh, I don't know, Ninja Turtles or who knows what. And I, I, <laughs> I remember I was having a con I was talking to you about it, about uh I don't know it could have been ninja turtles I don't remember what it was It could have been ninja turtles. And um I remember at a certain point in the conversation you were like dude your your stuff's hanging out. <laughs> and <laughs> there was like and it was like extremely embarrassing. <laughs> I remember I don't know why it was I mean it was just a it was I was like oh uh I gotta put on some pants or something. Cause there's like, you know, there's not like a zipper on the boxers and it's not a big deal or anything. I was just looking out for you. I, was, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't embarrassed. Yeah, it was just a weird thing, but it's like one of those things when you're, I don't know, 12 years old. And uh, I was like, oh, I wonder if he's still gonna be my friend after, well, after it, I had my junk hanging out of well, my boxers. You know, I put it away and I kept talking about Ninja Turtles after I put my Ninja Turtle up. Right, but well, you know, you know the interesting thing. This is actually making hero in a half shell. This is making me remember, uh, and I think a lot of guys do this. Um, in college, we went through this phase, uh, like probably junior year, where because we had the apartment with Tim and Greg, and uh, you kind of go through this phase where you're just like, if I need to go from, I don't the know what you're about to say. If I way. need to go from the shower to my bedroom, I'm just gonna walk through the house naked and I don't care which of my roommates sees me. Right. Who, we, all four of us did that. Yeah. And we just, we were just like, we don't care. And there's almost this certain sense of uh, freedom and like adulthood that you kind of feel in that part of that, that time like in your life. It's like getting over it. It's like, you, like, I remember how timid I was in high school to be like, oh, I'm in the locker room. I don't want anybody to see me. I'm really scared about this. But then all of a sudden you, you start growing out of that and you're like, oh, I, I understand why all the professors in college are in the locker rooms naked because they don't care because they're over it. Yeah, like when and when you put your butt cheeks on their back, they did, don't even flinch or get up or say anything or grunt, nothing. And you you kind of revel in that for a few years. Um, and so, I mean, again, I I would, I never by, for any, uh, I, there was never any purposeful eye contact with your nether regions. And I would assume that, that you, you feel the same way. Uh, yes. But I would see that you were naked, 
So it would be like penis in the periphery. It's sort of this sort of probably probably a, a, a good way to describe it, right? Yeah, which, which could be the name of our next album. Yeah, or at least like a side band. Is that a pun? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know how that's a pun. Uh, uh, well, side. I don't know. Well, okay. So Harley, thanks for that question. Hopefully that. Oh, have we ever bathed together? No, I don't believe so. We did just uh, recently make a video where we play, I played a guinea pig and Link played a little girl and we were bathing together. <laughs> <laughs> but it was green screen bath. Yeah, right, we were fully clothed. Uh, we have one last question. This one is a secret question, it says. All right, here it goes. Hey, I'm Alex. I'm Eddie. I'm Chase. And I'm Kevin. And we work for you guys literally every single day. And uh, we just had a quick question. We we're wondering when we were gonna get paid. <laughs> Okay, guys. Um, well, it's going to be a lot longer now now that you asked that question. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to you on that one, okay? <laughs> well, they're the pranksters trying to get in on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's what happens when they have access to SD cards. High, high quality, highest quality audio of Recorded, of probably recorded right, right here, here <laughs> at the, t the round table of dim lighting. Yeah, we don't, we, we're not paying them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that's it. I, you know, this was, this was fun. I think we could do another round of this, um, next time. This is, this is a tradition that can continue. I just don't want the, con the, the questions to get tougher and tougher. So maybe it won't continue. Well, we, yeah, we may have to start, we may have to start leaving some out, but we did make every effort to answer every question to the best of our ability. Thanks to everybody who, uh, took the time to ask these questions and, uh, thanks for the times that you guys were guests here on Ear Biscuits and listened to us ask you question after question as we teamed up on you <laughs> and uh, uh, thanks, thanks for taking the time. And thanks for taking the time to listen to Ear Biscuits. If, if you know, this is one of your first ones, you just got in, there's, I don't know how many there's episodes, a, a lot of episodes back, uh, Ear Biscuits season one and season two. We've had some incredible conversations with some incredible people. Uh, I know that I have learned a lot. Even if you don't think you wanna listen to one based on the, description, now you gotta go back and find right. ones. And uh, hey, we were there, and I think you'll find new things about guests that you didn't think you wanted to listen to. So uh, uh, fill in the gap of us not having new ear biscuits for you for a while, and try to keep us a part of your routine. We do appreciate you being your mythical best. Uh, tweet at us, hashtag ear biscuits. Let us know what you thought of this conversation. What stood out to you, if there was anything that was helpful. And or, feel free to tweet at any one of these uh, individuals who asked us the question, uh, you know, thanking them for their for their question on Ear Biscuits. Yeah, thanks for being a, a loyal listener and uh, for leaving a review on on iTunes. Uh, you, I've there's a part of me that doesn't want to take a break because I enjoy the conversations that we have with the guests that we have here at the round table, and you know. It's kind of a forced, uh, kind of a relational rejuvenation for us. I feel like it's a good thing for us to have these type of conversations, mm -hmm. you know, where we're, we reminisce, we process things. A lot of people uh, who are guests end up saying things at the end of our conversation or after we stop recording that's like, yeah, some people say, wow, it felt like therapy and that that's, that's kind of funny, but kind of true too, I guess, depending on some mm -hmm. of the questions we ask. But the thing that I enjoy people to say is when it's like, wow, I, you know, you helped me put things together and and gain, gain a perspective on my own life or my own career. People verbally process things on yeah, the show. Yeah, so 
um, I appreciate the way that that's something that, A, we get to share in that processing with people and experience that as they go back through it. And but if there then, were eight days in a week, we would continue to do it yeah, uh, indefinitely. But the other half is just when it's the two of us, there's there's kind of, we experience that too. You know, I think it's uh, it's nice to think back and to process what's, why things work so well for us and what's going on in our, our friendship and creative collaboration and everything. So, um, yeah, I'm in the break. I'm going to be glad to be focusing on these other creative endeavors, but I'm going to miss this until we get back into it. So uh, hang in there, guys. Listen back through them, and um, that's all I got to say. I'm thankful. Yes, very, very grateful to the Ear Biscuiteers. I'm going to go take a bath by myself. Okay, please do that. 